All right, we're back. This is Resonant Frequency, the Amateur Radio Podcast. Hello, everybody. My name is Richard, KB5JBV, and it's good to be back with y'all again this week. Like I said, welcome to Resonant Frequency, the podcast that asks you the burning question, are you radioactive? All righty. Let me go ahead and start off by mentioning the Belton Ham Fest. We spent last weekend down there. Uh, Friday night, we had a few, two or three tornadoes touch down here in uh, the DFW area, but we were able to get in bed in time to get up early enough to head on down to... uh, down into the South Texas section and just have a ball looking at all the ham gear. You know, the interesting thing about uh, ham radio fests is that you'll, uh, amateur radio operators will drive 200, 300, 400 miles to talk to somebody that lives 30 miles away. I spent, I spent about a half hour talking to a guy from over in Tarrant County down there this past weekend, but we really had a good time. I got to meet some folks, got to talk to some folks I haven't seen in several years. So I really appreciated that. And, uh, thank you to the Temple Amateur Radio Club for putting that on down there. They, uh, Belton is actually unusual where ham fests are concerned because they have it twice a year, uh, twice a year, every year. So if you find yourself uh, in the neighborhood of Killeen, uh, uh, Copper's Cove, Temple, wandering around in between Austin and Waco, y'all, uh, y'all ease on into the ham fest if you're down there that time of year. Alrighty, the Frapper map. The Frapper map is being populated at a rapid pace and i'm very happy to see that because i can click that map up anytime i do there are new pins in the map um folks that have stuck a pin in there this week let's uh, go ahead and say hello to them uh gary n zero tzy out in cottage grove minnesota uh dave kb3 jrj in frederick massachusetts massachusetts doggone it's not even massachusetts even though i can't say it it's maryland out in frederick maryland okay uh we have doug into zk in jamestown new york and james out in uh, bryceville tennessee and a couple of two three unidentified hams out there we've got uh, a new one in minneapolis minnesota uh, one in Elmhurst, Illinois, and Rockwell, Iowa. And we'd like to say a special hello to our uh, newest international listeners. We've got three guys in a place called, and you guys, y'all excuse me if I if my pronunciation of this is not very good, Daking, China. We have three new guy, new listeners out there that have put a pin in the map. We also have two new listeners in Essen, Northwest Deutschland, which uh, for us dumb old folks here in Texas, we call that Germany. Uh, I went and looked at the map, and they're uh, they're no- north of Dusseldorf out there, so they're uh, way up in the northwest. Uh, we also have a listener who has gone ahead and stuck a pin in the map from Portugal, so we're becoming truly international truly international we'd also like to say hello to the folks out at the nebo n-e-b-o school district in spanish fort fork utah 
Uh, I have ways to kind of watch the feeds when they go through and see who the ISPs are and got you guys. <laughs> uh, I do have, I would also like to say hello to uh, the folks out there in the Philippines. They're, uh, they're downloading us also. And a special request to the four other guys in Canada. Y'all go stick a pin in the map and let us know you're there. You know, we don't want to let uh, let our one listener up there in the, in Canada get all the glory. You know, uh, you guys are our neighbors, and most of the time we get along really well. So we want to hear from y'all. Okay, subscriptions. Oh, y'all thinking this going to be bad? It's not. Uh, those of you who have not actually subscribed and y'all are just picking up the feed off of the webpage, uh, if you want to point your podcatcher over to just about any of the podcast podcast uh, websites out there, uh, you can go ahead and subscribe, and that'll that right there will uh, get you hooked up, headed our direction. For those of you who are on Podcast Alley, getting our show through Podcast Alley, y'all go over to Podcast Alley and uh, vote for us. You know, I doubt very seriously we're going to end up in the in the top ten up there with my buddy at Mysterious Universe, but uh, you never know. And if y'all are voting for us, we might go high enough in the list that some of those other hams out there might see us. You know, it's all about propagating the podcast. You know, I'm a big believer in propagating the hobby. You know, the older guys make the new guys happen. Well, we got to do that with the listeners, too. So go on out there and propagate the podcast. For those of you who are on iTunes, somebody please go over there and write me a few comments. Because the folks go over and uh, look at the page at iTunes for our podcast, and there's no comments. They're just going to go sign up for amateur radio this week or or something uh or this week in amateur radio and um if we got a few comments y'all can clue them in on what y'all think of the program you know if i get more listeners i know y'all are enjoying it i if i don't then well i'll keep plugging away anyway because this is my way of elmering yeah it's my best opportunity to reach the most new amateur radio operators and experienced amateur radio operators that would like to try something new okay upcoming programs yeah this uh this week we're going to be talking to uh david over texas baptist men and don't let the name throw you texas baptist men are uh, a relief organization they're one of the smaller relief organizations very similar to salvation army and um international red cross so uh he come on board and talked with us a little bit about their mission uh, baptist men are here close and during katrina we uh, uh our local club here helped them work communications they do have have amateur radio operators in their organization they use amateur radio to uh help with their relief efforts so y'all hang around for the interview uh i already have ready to go in the next couple weeks an interview with dave over at the hurricane watch net and since hurricane season is coming uh, be nice to to hear what old dave has to talk about the uh, hurricane watch net's been around and does a lot of good during hurricane season i also uh got my hands on one of the 
local net managers for the national traffic system. We did an interview with him. He'll be coming up in the next few weeks also. Uh, I've got commitments on an Aries program, so I'll have someone on here so we can discuss Aries in a few weeks. And last but not least, for sure I have a commitment to bring a guy on so we can discuss amateur radio and the Linux operating system. Uh, Linux was kind of archaic for a lot of years, but now it's getting to the point that it's almost as easy to operate as any other operating system. And I'm not going to call any names, but it's getting really close to that point. So uh, we've got a lot of exciting things coming up. Well, let me, uh, I really hate doing this. Y'all just really don't know how bad I hate doing this particular announcement. But we'll try and get through it quickly. Okay, a few weeks ago I went over to the website went ahead and put a donation button on the website. Uh, one click takes you over to PayPal and you can go ahead and drop a donation in for Resonant Frequency, the amateur radio podcast. I only mention this every third or fourth episode because I really don't want y'all to think that I'm trying to make uh, make anything off of this. This is my way of, like I said a while ago, it's my way of Elmering and it will always be free to the amateur radio community. But for those of you who feel you might want to make a don- donation, go over to the website, which is KB5JBV, Kilo Bravo 5, Juliet Bravo Victor, at, not at, dot, blogspot.com. And click on the PayPal button and go on over there. Any donations that you make to Resonant Frequency, the Amateur Radio Podcast, will go directly back into the podcast uh, to either help pay for the phone fees. I do most of the interviews on the phone to help pay the fees for the hosting service, which hosts or holds our programs uh, out there so we have uh, more bandwidth for y'all to download or into equipment for improving our communications here at Resonant Frequency, the Amateur Radio Podcast. So y'all go on over to the webpage. That's, once again, that's KB5JBV, Kilo Bravo 5, Juliet Bravo Victor, dot blogspot, B-L-O-G-S-P-O-T, one word, dot com. Phew. Okay. Much as I hate doing that, uh, it's done and over with. Uh, that webpage address is also good for those of y'all who want to go stick a pin in the Frapper map. Okay, I've done all of this I can do. Uh, I'm going to have to go take a, a tranquilizer because I really hate doing that donation announcement. And we'll go ahead and move on to the next segment. And this week we're talking with Dave, KB5YLG from the Texas Baptist Men. Uh, Dave is in uh, heading up the communications fellowship over there. Uh, he, he tells me he started out without a license, but the, they strapped one on him before he knew it. How you doing this afternoon, Dave? Uh, very well, Richard. And I'd like to say uh, uh, God bless you to you and your listeners. Well, there you go. Um <clears throat> 
you know, Baptist men, uh, I've had an opportunity to work over there at the building and stuff like that. So uh, myself and some of the others over here at the Mesquite Club are real familiar with what the Baptist men do. Um, but we're gonna try. We're gonna try and convey that to uh, some of the listeners here. Maybe that. Maybe they'll get uh, get some good information out of it. Uh, Dave, what exactly is the Baptist men? Well, Baptist Men is a uh, ministry or mission organization that was formed by men from from several churches. And so, uh, basically, in the Baptist Men together is about developing men and improving their relationship with Jesus Christ and with their families and their communities and so forth. Okay. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of good organizations out there that... Uh the members quote uh, say about themselves you know uh, organization is a bunch of good men trying to be better men and that's, that's my understanding where the baptist men is concerned um well you know i understand a big part of the baptist men is uh relief efforts and uh relief services around the, the u.s and in fact around the world uh it's my understanding some of the really big events out uh out in some of the other countries uh, have uh, had the Baptist men involved, like the uh, tsunami down there in uh, Micronesia and some of the other stuff. Uh, exactly what type of relief services do the Baptist men uh, participate in? Well, Richard, relief is one of our major ministries, and we have have several. And the relief service is something that started as early as the Baptist men started. We were, as soon as we uh, formed as a a group back in the 1960s, we were immediately involved in disaster relief. So uh, the kinds of things that the Baptist men do for relief is we just want to go out and help the people most afflicted by the by the disaster. And, and that's people generally that can't help themselves under the circumstances. So we will, uh, uh, in particular, have a very large kitchen and cooking ministry where we have uh, uh, basically kitchens on trailers, on uh, vehicles that we're able to take into the disaster area and prepare meals. And we can prepare a large number of meals. In fact, a few of our uh, uh, kitchens that we take out there can can make as many as upwards of 20,000 plus meals per meal, three meals a day. So, and, and we have a good number of those. Now, that's also in other Baptist relief organizations. The Texas Baptist Men is the uh, state-recognized organization in Texas that does that. But there's uh, uh, each state has an organization uh, that will be involved in, at the same level as the Texas Baptist Men are doing such a thing. But besides the kitchens, we also have quite a few other uh, ministries in the disaster area. Uh, we have uh, very active clean-out crews that will go especially into flooded areas and that sort of thing and help clean out homes and make them physically ready for a family to move back into their own home. And that's uh, been a pretty big deal with uh, the Katrina uh, relief effort as well, which continues today, by the way, and also uh, quite a few other floods around the, the Texas and other states. We also have a, uh, a very active chainsaw ministry where they'll go in and help to chainsaw away fallen trees and so forth to help uh, prepare a home for, for folks to move back into their own homes. And uh, those guys are, are highly skilled, very, very specially trained chainsaw ministry on theirs. So we have a victim's relief ministry, 
and the victim relief ministry is people that go in and, and actually provide chaplaincy services and uh, help people deal with the grief and the trauma of the uh, disaster as well as to help them find resources that will help their more specific needs that might be ministries that the Baptist men don't meet on there. We also have a special ministry called the TARP ministry. And these guys are particularly skilled in going in and uh, actually <clears throat> preparing our temporary roofing and that sort of thing with tarps and so forth so to keep homes from uh, receiving more damage from inclement weather after the main disaster is passed and until they can be repaired. And uh, sometimes that'll even make a home where a, a family might be able to move back into it. For instance, if they have a big hole in the roof or damage to the roof, they may not be livable under normal weather circumstances such as rain and so forth, but these tarp units make them temporarily ready until those uh, major repairs can be done. We have a child care ministry that actually goes into the disaster areas, sets up a temporary uh, certified daycare so that families that are trying to deal with recovering their homes or deal with their insurance agents and the relief agencies and so forth can leave their uh, children with a trusted uh, daycare and be able to uh, you know, know where they are and that they are safe and well cared for and uh, that sort of thing. And we have several other ministries along those lines. We have an aviation ministry that provides some of the angel flights and, and the ability to transport goods in and out uh, by airplane and even personnel and that sort of thing. And I've been a recipient of the aviation ministry's work uh, during the Katrina disaster, for instance, and so forth. So uh, quite a few ministries along those lines, as well as the communications ministry. And our uh, communications fellowship is specifically involved in supporting these other ministries uh, by providing them radio and telecommunication support in and outside of the disaster areas. Wow. You know, y'all really got your hands in a whole lot more things than uh, even I was aware of, you know, at, uh, at Chainsaw Ministry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've been tearing things up since I was little, so <laughs> right there would probably work for me. Uh, <laughs> and uh, tarp, uh, taking the tarps out and stuff. Back when I was a contractor, I did my fair share of temporaries on houses, and I, I know you can take a, take something, tack it down on on a big old hole on, in the roof, and it'll last uh, last uh, long enough to get things squared away and not do any more damage than uh, than was already done. Well, you, you mentioned the communications ministry, and that's what we're we're here about. Uh, amateur radio and uh, i'm kind of curious you know can you can you expound on how the texas baptist men use uh amateur radio in their in their operations during uh relief efforts and things like that uh certainly uh from the first let me clarify that in our communications fellowship we do as many different forms of communication as we can we don't restrict ourselves to just ham communications we're more about uh, taking care of the disaster, whichever communications make the most sense at the time. So we have developed a specialized skill set inside the disaster relief organization that will allow us to uh, understand the flow of information that is required and uh, for the support of the, the different disaster relief uh, missions that we have at the moment. And some of that 
uh, flow of information is data that are required all along the line, such as, you know, how many people do we have with us or how many meals have we served and how many supplies of different types do we need and, and where are those supplies and that sort of thing. So it's a, a, an intensive amount of numbers that are moving around and keeping those numbers straight and that sort of thing that are required to carry on a meaningful uh, mission out in the disaster field. So we provide that communication at various levels. We use uh, internet activity if we can. We use cell phones, regular phone lines when we can. We use amateur radio service by all means. Uh, and you know when we can, and uh, in particular, the amateur radio service is is particularly helpful in the more widespread communications outages and that sort of thing. So, and you may also find out that we use the amateur radio communications in in some areas where there's not been an actual communication outage, but that the nature of the disaster has resulted in lines being so congested. Or, or you know, other problems such as that with with any normal lines of communication that the amateur radio service is what gets through in those circumstances. Yeah, I, my understanding, and we saw it with Katrina and uh, a little bit with Rita. Uh, the first thing to go down is public service, the cell phone lines, the the regular phone lines, and it's not necessarily because of damage, but because they're so overloaded. Um, you know, I've seen y'all's communication uh, trailer down there, and uh, that, that's a nice little setup. Uh, do y'all could you y'all do have a station down there at the Baptist Men Building? Uh, what does that consist of? Well, sir, we have a, a, both the a, a fixed station, the one that's at permanently located in the Baptist Men Building at our headquarters in Mesquite, Texas. And besides that, we have the portable unit that you mentioned. We actually have that in our uh, uh, San Antonio area. Baptist Association also has one for us down in South Texas. And we have a couple of more under construction at this time. These are portable stations that can be taken into or near the disaster area to supplement us as base stations to operate from. The one at the uh, Mesquite building, we have a... Uh, uh, crank up type of a tower I, I can't tell you brand names and so forth but it's got a, a log periodic dipole array antenna on it as well as a miscellaneous of other VHF UHF type antennas and we're able to extend that up to around 80 feet high uh, and when necessary normally we keep it cranked down you know, so it won't sustain wind damage and, and so it won't disturb the neighbors with the, the look of it and that sort of thing but when we're actually operating we'll tend to, to extend that thing on up and uh, with those antenna systems that are fed. In fact, uh, you may know Pinky or Jim Pinkston, a member of your club, is, has been quite intensively involved in, in setting those up and that sort of thing. So, but inside we, uh, our main HF rig, uh, we have several, but our main HF rig that we operate from is a Yaesu FT920. Uh, very nice uh, rig with the dual VFOs and so forth and, and excellent uh, filtering for sound quality and, and so forth on there. And then we'll have a small collection of other rigs, that I think principally the uh, TS-50, the Kenwood TS-50 we use, and we typically are using those in the uh, digital applications such as PSK-31 and other modes for trying to communicate with. And uh, some of that has come into play in disasters, but we haven't refined it where we use those that frequently, but we're learning to. 
uh, that give you an idea of how our, uh, our base station looks like in Mesquite. And all of these are arranged in a radio room that's a, a small conference room uh, all along a, a table where we can accommodate usually about two operating positions in there. Yeah, um, I've had my, I actually had my hands on the radio down there. Uh, quite a, several of the folks from our, our organization over in Mesquite, Texas, came down and helped uh, operate the radios during Katrina and Rita. And, uh, oh, let me tell you, I had dreams about that HF rig for a while. <laughs> it's a pretty nice one, isn't it? It is, it is. Um, okay, so we've, we've kind of covered that. And as far as the communications trailer is concerned, yeah, uh, I believe that the Baptist men actually donated it for us to use over field day weekend last year. I can't be sure of that. Um, I wasn't at that particular field day. We wanted to recognize y'all for the help that you did give us during Katrina and return the favor, and that's why we loaned you our, our unit uh, back around field day last year. And I'm, I'm not sure if that's the first time we've loaned you that unit, but it may have been a, a previous time, but that was the first time since I've been the president of the Communications Fellowship. Right. It, uh, we, we've got a fairly long relationship with the Baptist men over in Mesquite, and we, we do our best to help y'all out whenever possible. Are you aware of any operations that are currently in progress that the Baptist men are involved in? Uh, sir, we've got several operations that are still in uh, that we're still involved with, and uh, one of them in particular is uh, of, of particular interest is that we're still participating in the Katrina recovery effort. However, none of the operations that we're currently involved in are involving uh, amateur radio communications at the time, but uh, at this time, so um, we are also involved in uh, several operations to provide clean water down in Mexico. Uh, we have a, a water purification group that do disaster relief water purification, and they also are providing that to uh, uh, you know, underdeveloped areas that are needing it. And right now we've got a ministry going on in, in Mexico to, to do that. And then you know, we have uh, some continued effort happening up in Oklahoma, uh, recovering from the damage from the ice storms up there that caused a, a, quite a lot of damage, especially to trees and building structures. And uh, I know that even coming up in May, about a month from now, uh, May 2007, we'll have more chainsaw teams up in Oklahoma continuing with the recovery from that. And they've spent over a month there now uh, uh, helping to chainsaw out and make homes available. I know in May they're going to help uh, recover a Baptist encampment that was, was severely damaged by the, uh, by the ice storms up there. Yeah. Okay. Well, see, I was unaware of the ice storms. I understand that uh, several of the surrounding states here have been uh, really having a fit with the uh, tornado outbreaks, but I had not heard about an ice storm up there. Of course, it got kind of chilly here in Dallas. We were we were suffering 30-degree nights for a while, so I imagine Oklahoma's always a lot worse, so I imagine they were, they were probably probably doing pretty bad up there. Yes, sir. That operation went through uh, Oklahoma as well as Missouri that were uh, heavily affected by ice storms about two months ago, and we've got a, a great deal of operation going on. Now, we have some smaller recovery operations going on up in some tornado areas near the panhandle of Texas also, so I, I think there's one or two kitchen units up there assisting and some victim relief units up there helping them. Yeah. All right. Let me make sure. Okay. Um, yeah. 
that that's very interesting and you know we keep talking about katrina uh, and i was talking a while ago about some of our people helping coming over and helping out while that was going on you were also talking about angel flight earlier uh at least one of our people actually uh rode rode angel flight out into the uh, affected area after katrina to operate one of the radios out of out of one wherever they were staging out there i'm not real sure and she came back with several good little stories about uh, how efficient things were out in that area but i'm sure communications really weren't <laughs> really weren't doing too well other than probably hf or vhf or that kind of thing you know the uh, the post katrina uh time frame there uh, in the, the first few weeks afterwards especially we had a couple of challenges related to that. One, uh, almost all of public service communication, all the uh, the plain old telephone service and so forth, was almost completely out in the area. There were very few of any telephone services or communication services available for a extremely widespread area in uh, southern Louisiana as well as Mississippi. In addition to that, right about that time, we were having some of the worst uh, atmospheric conditions for communications. Uh, that have happened in a long time, and uh, you know we were having a one thing I heard while we were actually there was about the uh, solar flare activity and and X-ray activity causing such a problem that it was something like the the fourth worst in written history <laughs> uh, uh, for that kind of a uh, atmospheric set of issues. So we had unusual atmospheric conditions as well as a, a nearly complete blackout of communications in the area. Yeah, we were having we were having some serious flares while that was going on, and some days we could hear everybody out there in Louisiana, and some days we couldn't. Okay, I I myself have kind of wandered off track. Let's uh, let, let let me point this thing back down the road the right direction. Okay, uh, so we've talked about the kind of relief efforts and some of, some of the equipment and. Uh, that kind of stuff. I guess the one of the biggest questions in the listeners' minds would probably be, do you have to be a member of the Baptist men to be able to assist the Baptist men? No, of course, that's absolutely not. And, uh, in fact, we received a great deal of support from amateur radio operators across the United States as we're operating in the disaster areas and that sort of thing. We sort of see ourselves as, and you, you could define us as a served agency of the Amateur Radio Emergency Service, or ARES, and uh, we uh, you know, certainly receive a lot of help that way. Also, when we're in a local area, we'll receive help from amateur radio operators, such as repeater owners, allow us, allowing us to use their repeaters or setting up special connections, such as an Echolink or IRLP connection for us, and that sort of thing. Also, uh, such as the Mesquite Club, amateur radio operators may volunteer and come down and operate our radios during the event of a disaster. And what that does is that frees up a few more of our people to actually be out in the disaster zone itself to, to assist. And it helps us keep those radios staffed. We're a fairly small group. I can't tell you an exact number, but being the small group that we are, we face the challenges of many groups in terms of being able to keep those radio staff uh, during the disaster relief effort. Yeah, okay. Um, I was, I knew the answer to that, of course, but we want to make sure that the listeners have all the information. Um, here recently, uh, some of the 
relief groups have started doing like background checks and stuff like that, which I guess is not a not a big deal. In fact, it's a good idea, even though some of them are good, getting quite invasive, kind of like uh, the Red Cross's current situation. Do the Baptist men do any kind of background checks on their volunteers? Yes, sir, that's required now by law, and so that the Baptist men do take an application form for you to be involved as a volunteer, and they do a, a basic background check. Now, they don't go into a credit check of any kind and don't ask you to give them permission to do that. I know that's been a, a particular issue uh, lately, but they'll pass it by for a uh, essentially a criminal background check, and if you're actually joining Joining the Baptist men, uh, they ask you to identify the church that you're a member of, and, and I don't know that they make any contact with those churches, but I believe that that's an option to them also to make sure you're a member in good standing. Okay. Well, other than the background check and uh, uh, going ahead and letting them know your affiliation with whatever church, uh, what other criteria might there be to join uh, Baptist men in uh, a person's particular state? Well, you know, uh, people may be surprised that the Texas Baptist men are not comprised completely of Baptists, nor is it comprised completely of men, nor is it comprised completely of people from Texas. So and that, that's our traditional name that's been on there since the 1960s. But actually, uh, it's men and women and uh, any of the related uh, Christian faiths. It doesn't have to be, be Baptist. In fact, quite a few of our uh, folks that I work with, and one fellow I work with all the time is a Church of Christ member there at the Texas Baptist Men, and, and we have several other faiths so, um, that are represented there. And the, the main thing that we ask is that you be a fellow believer in Jesus Christ and that you be interested in doing disaster relief effort. And uh, somebody mentioned recently that in a study that they had done or, or in some way that they'd gathered some statistics that they had found that in many of our disasters, nearly half of the disaster relief volunteers are women So uh, that are out there with us. So certainly the, don't let the traditional name throw you. Uh, if you're common in faith with us and common in uh, your calling, that is your uh, a spiritual sense of the need to assist in a time of a disaster, uh, then you're most likely eligible for membership. Well, okay, there you go, and see that. Like I said, most uh, most of y'all's folks come in and assist when uh, uh, the stuff really hits it. And I tell you what, though, the one the ones that are regular Baptist men that are that are in there and op working with y'all all the time, they they really seem to be organized and on top of their game. We're getting pretty close to the end of uh, this segment, uh, Dave. Uh, I know I, pro I probably asked this a while ago before we uh, started the interview, but how did you get involved with the Baptist men? Well, sir, my first involvement with the Baptist men was during the Mexico City earthquake in 1986, and I was actually there with a United States Army Reserve unit that had gone down to assist, and I met up with the Baptist men there as uh, they were crossing the border. And, uh, and became aware of their operation and ended up assisting some at that time. And then since then, uh, since that Mexico City earthquake relief effort, I've been involved in several of the disaster relief efforts with them uh, off and on over the years. And I've really become a lot more active since 2002. Uh, the Hurricane Lily uh, happened at a time that I was between jobs. In fact, and had a little extra time I could go into the disaster area. 
and volunteered to go and since then have been uh, working hard and frequently on, on quite a few disasters. Well, uh, okay. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, um, you know, meeting up with the guys, working with them, deciding, deciding uh, you, you wanted to throw in and then having a little time to do so. You, a lot of times you end up with your best, uh, best callings that way. All righty. Um, I think we're probably real close to end this segment. Uh, Dave, do you have anything else you'd like to throw in before we finish up this afternoon? Richard, if you don't mind, I'll give you a couple of parting thoughts along the way. Um, one of them is uh, when it comes to going into the disaster areas and assisting, I, I strongly encourage that nobody actually go to the disaster areas at the time of a, a disaster or, or, or soon after to try to volunteer on their own. Um, it's very important that you first get involved with an organization, get trained with the organization, and go as a member of an organization rather as an individual. Uh, any individuals that might go into a disaster area um, are at very high risk of becoming victims of the disaster or of the post-disaster uh, circumstances down there. And it makes it pretty difficult uh, for any of the organizations to figure out what's really there and what's really needed and that sort of thing. Uh, and so it really complicates the overall operation to have an individual show up in a disaster area. So whether it's with the Baptist men, the Red Cross, the Salvation Army, or any of the other many volunteer organizations that are active in disasters, please be sure you're a member of one of those, that you're going as a member of a unit and that sort of thing, and that you have an infrastructure of support that's going to take care of you uh, while you're in the disaster area. And going as an individual is, is quite dangerous and you know, I'm afraid that, you know, too many people think that at the time you have a strong desire to go because you're seeing what's going on on the news, you're hearing what's happening to those people, and you want to help them. And though that's commendable, if you go into an area by yourself, you may end up actually complicating the disaster relief effort by being a victim. So we would ask anybody, don't go there uh, at the last minute, you know, and that sort of thing, but rather... Be involved early on, plan ahead, and prepare ahead so that when the time comes, you have an infrastructure of support so that you can be effective in the relief effort. Well, I wholeheartedly agree. Being a uh, assistant emergency coordinator for ARES and an assistant radio officer for RACES and uh, also a member of Saturn, um, I wholeheartedly agree with everything you just said. Okay, Dave, before we go, uh, I know Andrew, uh, KEC, KD5SWS, was working on a website for the Baptist men. Do y'all have a website up at this time? Uh, if you go to www.texasbaptistmen.org, the O-R-G is short for organization, and if you go to www.texasbaptistmen.org, uh, there's an opportunity for you. I'd like to mention one other thing, though, uh, Richard, if that's all right with you. Well, yes, sir. Go right ahead. And, and that is disaster relief communications don't only require communicators in the disaster when we're down in the disaster area, we have to have somebody to talk to that's out here in the unaffected area. And so whether you can deploy or not is not critical. Um, we need relay stations, and we need people that can man those base stations that you mentioned earlier also. 
uh, not just from our operation, but you may overhear us and hear us struggling, and we invite you to, to actually perform relays. Just let us know you're there by saying the word relay, and uh, we'll take you up on it in most cases there in the uh, disaster area. And keep in mind that the Baptists will usually operate, and besides on the Aries frequencies, we'll be operating in our own nets on uh, 7.260 megahertz. That's what a lot of folks don't understand is the uh, majority of the time you, the guys in the unaffected areas are the ones that are carrying the load. Um, I know, I know. once again, we keep going back to Katrina, but that's probably the biggest thing that's happened down this part of the world in a long time. I know uh, we ran Saturn Net 24 hours a day for about 72 hours or more until uh, things calmed down enough that we could go ahead and cut it, scale it back to 8 or 10 hours a day. Okay, Dave, um, Uh It was good having you on this afternoon, and uh, it's always nice to talk to somebody from over at, uh, at the uh, Baptist Men. Well, Richard, again, I'd like to just say God bless you to you and your group out there, and we sure thank you for participating with us in those disasters. It sure makes it go a long way towards helping folks that need the help, and that's what we're there for. And all of y'all out there listening, uh, Dave and the Baptist men, he like he said, there there's probably a Baptist men organization in your state. So y'all uh, y'all dig them up and uh, take a look around, and you know at the very least thank them for the fine job they're doing out there. And I guess with that, we'll go ahead and move on to the next segment. That pretty much wraps things up for this week. Um, we'd like to thank Dave once again from over to Texas Baptist Men for coming by to, to visit with us and uh, letting us know all the good work that they're doing over at the Baptist Men. Uh, once again, let me reiterate, uh, he told us they, that they have chapters in uh, the majority of the states. It just so happens the one here close happens to be the Texas Baptist Men. But there are Baptist Men organizations, and they do need operators during emergencies. Uh, and all the time we spent down there during Katrina and Rita and some of the other events here in, in the northern part of Texas, not once did they try to recruit us. And the only people from our group that did end up joining the Baptist men did so of their free will. Uh, actually wanted to, went and asked to join after we had worked some of these operations. Okay, uh, like I said, coming up... Uh, coming up in the next couple of weeks, we got an NTS show and a show on the Hurricane Watch Net, so y'all make sure you tell all your friends about it. And uh, like I said, uh, we'll be uh, doing our best to have a Linux program within uh, within a few weeks. And I know some of y'all are diehard Microsoft Windows guys, and uh, you know I've never actually been a hardcore Windows guy. I'm, I miss DOS, but <laughs> What can you do? I use both here in the radio room, though. I have Windows machines and Linux machines. And uh, the more I use the Linux, the more I appreciate it. So, anyway, I'm not going to harp on that. We'll just wait until uh, till we do the show. Okay, uh, once again, donations over to the page. Uh, the webpage is kb5jbv.blogspot.com. Uh, that's good for donations. That's good for 
putting a pin in the Frapper map. That's good for leaving comments uh, concerning the shows. That's good for uh, getting an email address for throwing some feedback. Speaking of feedback, I would like to hear what y'all have to say. Uh, email concerning the podcast, other than folks I'm contacting for interviews, has dwindled to a trickle. Uh, even less than a trickle, it's more of a drip. So y'all fire up those email clients and let me know what y'all think of the show. Um, if you've got some particular show, subject you would like us to uh, attempt to get someone in here to discuss with us, let us know about that. Uh, if you yourself would like to come on the show and have an area of amateur radio that uh, you would like to spotlight on Resonant Frequency, the amateur podcast, radio podcast. Get uh, get with us. Uh, you know, I'm not I'm not that blind flip that uh, unreachable uh, person off at the other end of the crowd. You know, uh, I'm a radio operator too, and uh, you never know. You may run into me on HF. I do when I have the time still get on hf even though i don't have as much time as i did before okay and send all that stuff in uh send it to kb5jbv at and this time it is at uh gmail.com kb5jbv at gmail.com and uh like I said, comments, suggestions, you know, if you really hate this show, send me an email because I would like to know why and we will try and change it if we can. Last but not least, let me make sure you guys at Pod, that are downloading off Podcast Alley, y'all go over there and vote, vote, vote. And for those of you who are on iTunes, go over there and comment, comment, comment. Uh, I don't even think you have to leave a name or anything over there at iTunes, just... You know, drop a few words on uh, what you think of the podcast. Okay, with that, then I guess we're uh, we're down to the end. So, if that be the case, I'd like to thank Midlife Crisis, Dave out there, for uh, furnishing the music for this podcast. I'd like to thank uh, all of the listeners and... Uh, those who have helped us out, including Gene Steinberg over at the Paracast and Jeremy over there at Ham Radio Q&A, Amateur Radio Q&A. Y'all uh, keep your eyes open for the next episode of that one. I'd also like to say thank you to uh, my wife, Brenda, for putting up with her husband, the mad scientist, and uh, even my mother and father because they're out there, uh, they're out there plugging away, give, giving that positive input and stuff, you know, uh, uh, my father, AA5HU, the extra class, and my mother, the uh, former novice class, KB5HGS. Uh, they're out there plugging away with all that positive enthusiasm. So I think I've just about said everything I can possibly say. Uh, y'all be careful this week. The weather is upon us. And uh, I hope to uh, hope y'all download us next week. And until then, 73, everybody.
some of yours you feel like giving away. That may be fine for you. I'm saving for my rainy day. I've been working way too hard. Nine to five every day. Yeah, for you to be giving it. Yeah, just giving it all away. Well, you found someone in need. See, that's not my problem. I think you should tell them to get out. Like me and get a job. Yeah, I've been paying my taxes. Working hard every day. Don't you dare. We're giving it all away. Yeah, I worked on the life. Had a little time for play. So don't you dare give all mine away.